What's up, guys? This is the It Ain't Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Charanson. Let's get it. Uh, here today with my guy, Shamari Williams. Shamari Williams was a football athlete at the University of Houston in the NCAA. He then went on to play for Queens, where he won a Vanier Cup, Mitchell Bowl MVP, and a first-round draft pick with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Multiple years in the CFL, and he's now the recruiting coordinator for UBC. Shamari, what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks so much for having me. It's good to chop it up. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to have you here. Um, first of our first of a kind kind of uh, athlete on the podcast has professional experience, and now you're giving back to the youth at the highest level. You know, um, I think one of the best experiences I've ever had was that like quarter grade eleven, grade twelve. Um, mostly a basketball guy starting to take the football stuff seriously and getting calls from people such as yourself, those recruiting coordinators saying, hey, um, we like your athleticism. We see that you're raw, but we're really excited. And this is like the University of British Columbia. This is the University of Queens. It's like, it's a special moment. So um, I'm really excited to just kind of, you know, learn about like how you got to that place. Obviously, um, football has been like a big part of your life for mm-hmm. a really long time now. Uh, it is your day to day. When did that start for you? At what age did you kind of start thinking, yo, football's pretty cool, I like this stuff, you know? I think, um, before you answer, you guys, one of the phones was on vibrate, so I'm okay. sure those were on silent. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, maybe just like, for, just do the last part of the question again, just kind of like, at what age were you at? And yeah. Then, and I go from there. Thanks, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Well, these mics are really good. <laughs> you can't hear my Chris Clay. They got everything. <clears throat> Almost too good. All right, we're good to go. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So, at what uh, point in your life did you say, "Hey, football could be a thing for me"? Like, how old were you? Like, when did that start? You know, it's crazy. I, I probably I never even really played tackle football, but uh, in grade eight, that's when I that's when I kind of set myself to say like. Um, I think I'm going to try football and then see if I can take it as far as I go. And I hadn't even played yet, but I had a coach in uh, was that middle school who kind of told me like, "Hey, you could be really good in football." And um, so he kind of planted the seed. And then um, in grade nine, when I first played that first year of football, my high school football coach um, he told me you can you know he told me as well like you can after now I played he's like you could take this far and I kind of made a commitment to myself that you know this is what I wanted to try to do and I wanted to take it as far as I could go. So. Probably what's that? What are you thirteen then? Thirteen yeah, to fourteen, something like that. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Cool. Um, and so you know, there's a journey from grade eight um, to a point where you know scouts are starting to call you, and I'm sure you had a lot of calls. You're in Ontario. You had a lot of calls all over Canada, and some from the United States. Um, at what point did you realize, yo, I'm like that? You know. Uh, I don't know if I ever realized I was like it uh, that not probably not even in high school because so all throughout high school like I, when I made that commitment that you know I want to take football as, car, as far as I could go like I kind of dedicated everything I had to trying to be in a football player right so you know woke woke up early worked out went to camps did all those things and like a lot of schools in Canada wanted me but you know I really wanted that Division One kind of dream that was where my mind was kind of set at and um, you know I would uh, so at the end of high school I had a I think I had a Division Two offer, but you know I really wanted to kind of um, get a Division One offer, and I had actually 
crazy stories. I had actually committed to UBC. So mm. in my grade 12 year, I created I committed to UBC. And um, I even, so I committed and I even had to, I committed, signed up, got into school, everything. And all I had to do, I even picked my classes for first semester. And all I had to do was like buy my plane ticket to go. Mm. And I remember like um, one of my high school, my high school basketball coach, he told me like, man, you work so hard to get a scholarship. Like, why are you going to settle on UBC? And it's not even so much settling, but but he's like, you work so hard trying to get this Division One scholarship. And I had an opportunity to go to school in Quebec. And so I just thought about it, like, man, like, I worked so hard to try to get this Division One scholarship, you know, it never really came to get. And I just told my mom, like, hey, man, I'm, uh, mom, I'm going to go to Quebec and try to get this scholarship. And I had went to Quebec, and I yep. played in CJEP. So I played a year of CJEP, and then that's when, like, um, you know, university started calling, um, you know. But, but even just that grind of playing in CJEP. So when I was there, like, even more focused now on just trying to go Division One. So I used to... Every night I used to, it's crazy because my high school, uh, in, in high school, you started, you know, you had to double copy VHS tapes. So, you know, I had to yeah. dub VHS tapes. And then in, in CJEP, now I had to learn how to burn DVDs. So I would burn DVDs overnight. And if you remember when when burning DVDs first came out, it used to take hours to do. Yeah. So in the night, I would wake up like every three hours, put in a new DVD, burn another copy. And I would have like four or five for the next morning. Go to the post office, mail them out, mail them out to every single Division One school. And then I called every single Division One school after like two weeks. Hey, did you get my film? Did you watch it? Do you want to offer? No, no, no. And got so many no's. And uh, you know, the university was the first school to hit me back. Saw my tape, like what I could do, and and I had, and I had to go back another semester, played another semester of football, and then I uh, ended up getting a scholarship like late December, committed late December, and then started school like two weeks later. So it was just. I don't think it was ever a, a point for me to say, like, I always knew I was good, but, you know, I needed, for me, I guess I needed that validation of getting that first Division One offer right? to kind of really, okay, I made it. Or, you know, I was just hungry that whole time to try to get that Division One offer. Got you. And so uh, I think I understand a little bit about, like, the SAGEP. It's the kind of Canadian JUCO, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So in Quebec, you have an opportunity. I think it's, is it grade 11 that you leave high school in Quebec? Mm-hmm. And you go from like a year one in SAGEP up to a year three, maybe two. And if you're there, it's a great a great sports option for you know people looking to go division one. It gives you that couple years of development at a slightly higher level than high school. And you just another opportunity to showcase your film against better talent and more comparable to that like D1 athlete. So it gives you a better opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what, what it is, right? Competition level super high. You know, you're watching film, you're studying film, you got way better, uh, way better coaching than you would in high school. So it's really kind of like our JUCO system. Um, you know, it's, it's Quebec really has a good football system set up there. So I, you know, like shout out to CJ, man. That's that's like probably some of the best football high school or high school football that you can play in Canada, pre-university football that you can play in Canada. Yeah. And so, like, let's speak on that a little bit. Like, just in, in terms of the difference between playing like grassroots, but even high school football, like Canada versus the United States. Like, what do you think are like the biggest differences there? You know, I think just playing in the NCAA. Um, you know, get, getting that scholarship. And um, th- I think the biggest difference is everybody that you play against is the best player on the team or was the best player on the team, was the best athlete on their team, was athlete of the year. So just that level of competition is, is just a lot harder, a lot higher. And um, what I used to always say is like, because I came back, right? So I, I had got a scholarship, 
you know, I graduated in three years at University of Houston. Um, and then I came back and I went to Queens University and just even just my experience there, um, just um, just just learning the difference between the two things or the two different NCAA and CIS. And what I w- would always say is like in the NCAA, you have to get better because every day you're going against somebody that's just that good or somebody that's better than you. So, you know, that's that level of competition is going to be that much harder. Yeah. And I think in you sports, what I always say is like you get better because you want to. Right. So the depth isn't mm-hmm. as as deep as as it is in the NCAA. But so you have to kind of push yourself a little bit more. If you want to work on your craft, you want to be the best, you got to push yourself. So it's like you'll be as good as you want to be in U sports or in the NCAA. You'll just get better naturally because you're just going against such superior competition. If that if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, for you. like here here you have to kind of set the bar for yourself. Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm. like in the NCAA, the bar is, is set by the people around you even. Because yeah. there's such a high level of competition, if you stop start slacking, somebody else is putting in the work, mm-hmm. and they're on your team in your exact position. So, like that is a huge motivator. And obviously, like the resources are a little bit different too. Like scholarship wise, there's a lot more money in the states. A lot of these programs in the states are, you know, paying for the rest of the university to be built based on their football revenue. So when it comes to facilities, when it comes to like personal training, access to supplements, those things probably night and day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think all those things are like. They make for that much more of a football player, and 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 I know earlier earlier I said kind of like um, because I think even now being the recruiting coordinator and being at UBC the school that I had committed to, and I know I kind of said um, you know like playing youth sports was kind of settling, and I know like so, so and I recruit kids all the time now who want to get Division One scholarships and who want to do that, and like so I never knocked them because I was them at one point right yeah who thought man like you can't play youth sports you know it's not that good. And, uh, you know, the, the facilities aren't there, the the money's not there, you know, all the, the crowd and all that stuff. But but I'll say, like, those three years in Houston, like, I'll never take them back, and I, and I cherish them. And, you know, like, it was probably the greatest, like, experience that I kind of had. But the funnest time I ever had playing football was at, was at Queens University. And it's just a, there's just a different element of when I think you're kind of playing the game more for the love of the game, and I think that's kind of what, U sports kind of kind of embodies and even just looking at my journey and my journey is like unique you know I had to you know I did all the years of high school then I went to CJEP um, if I could take it back I you know obviously I'd still want the scholarship but the one thing I think that like just looking back like the one thing I wish I could have did is gone pro younger so I wish I didn't have chased that NCAA dream yeah for so long because because you just want to get pro younger, right? If I was pro, if I turned, I, I was thinking I was 24 when I got to the pros or maybe even maybe even 25, like, yeah. and if I had got there when I was 21, you know, I, I you know, that's just that much more contracts, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, and I think I never, because I, I never want to knock kids for doing it, but I think when, uh, if it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to play in the NCAA, hey, tra- chase that dream for as long as you can. And I think probably when I was growing up, that was my dream. I never really thought about playing pro. Playing pro. I just wanted to chase the NCAA. I just wanted to play in those, to play there. But a lot of the kids I speak to now, their their goal is to to play pro. And so I tell them, man, if, if playing pro is what you want to do, then get there as fast as you can. So if you don't get a, a Division One scholarship out of high school, it's not the end of the world. Get to the pros. Get to get to get to get to the CFL if you know if you have a, if you're a six seven or whatever and you got a chance to go to NFL get there as young as you can so you can have the longest career as you can and I think we're seeing that now 
with a lot of the guys who are in the who are in who come from U Sports, you know, hit hit their first couple years in the CFL and now getting um now getting an NFL opportunity because and part of that is just because they they accepted that they didn't get a scholarship out of high school. They went to university and they got to their pros as young as they can, and they gave themselves that long window to kind of do that. So I think yeah. just it's just something I just just as I'm thinking about like that's kind of the one downside that I think I had is I probably chased that NCAA dream too long, and it just kind of cut the amount of years that I could probably could have played pro, um, probably in half because I just you know I was chasing that NCAA dream. So it's just an interesting little tidbit. If you want to go pro. Or if, if your goal is to go pro and even make it to the NFL, if you don't get a scholarship, man, try to get to the CFL as young as you can so you can develop and have that much more longer of a career. And and I think nowadays, too, recruiting is so advanced that, like, if your goal is to go pro, regardless if it's CFL, EuroLeague, Mexico League, NFL, there are dedicated management staff looking for you actively searching for those special unique players that no one can find it doesn't matter whether you're in the cis or you're in japan or you're in aussie rules football if you're the guy they're going to find you so Mm -hmm. the the biggest difference is like setting the bar and if you have people in your circle that kind of like set that bar for you i.e your coaches or just another teammate that's trying to go pro doesn't really matter where you are Mm -hmm. because ultimately it's going to come from you and you need to put in the work to get there i think one of the most like transformative moments for me in terms of like my work ethic in sport was when I played basketball and I was in um, it's like called Center for Performance. We had this coach, uh, rest in peace. His name is Rich Goulet, and he's like very old school, kind of a hard ass, but he loved to coach. He loved his players, and you could tell just by his passion for the game. One of the things he told us is like none of you guys. We were like 14, 15. He's like none of you guys are Steve Nash. Like, mm. none of you guys would play in the NBA. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, what you mean I'm not going to play in the NBA? Like, that's my goal. I'm trying to play pro. And he's like, well, I'm going to be the one to tell you, like, you're not. And I hope you're the one to prove me wrong. But I know the work that he put in. <laughs> and now you guys have YouTube. So you can YouTube 14-year-old version of yourself in Miami, in Florida, in Seattle, and all these places, and you see the work that they're putting in and the athleticism that they have. And it's like, that's another way you can set the bar too, is like kind of just seeing what else is out there. And I feel like maybe before that was kind of lacking, you'd be in your neighborhood, whether that be like in Vancouver or in Ontario, and like you are at a level where you're way more athletic naturally than other people, and you can get complacent in that space. So like, how do you kind of break that like obviously research and like youtubing is one of those things i think like seven on seven and those kinds of things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. might help like what's your take on that well i think uh it's just your will like you got to have a goal and you got to throw everything you can into it and the one thing i always say at least at least about myself like i, I had that dream of, of getting an ncaa scholarship and i put everything i had into it right like um i had uh like i told you i, I woke up every night sending film called every single coach there was 120 something d1 schools i had every coach that i mailed mailed out like that was my goal so everything i did was focused on that goal and i did that even throughout high school where i woke up every day at six o'clock in the morning my high school coach would pick me up six or six in the morning or whatever it was to go work out so i made sure everything i dedicated was to that right like i even made sure the, the little job i had at mcdonald's that was paying for me to go to camps and i think so like you just have to have that goal 
to um and just fight for it fight for it and i even think even just myself of you know like i don't really i got drafted you know first overall and i kind of just looking back on it and i and i think i got drafted just because i wanted it more than anybody else mm-hmm. right and that one year that i had at queens like i didn't have this stellar ncaa career coming back right i i was um you know i got to play got to play some got to you know started a couple of games stuff like that you know made some plays but i wasn't big on any any um radar but when i when i decided okay i'm gonna come come back and play in canada you know i spent maybe a couple of weeks in florida training with you know some nfl combine trainer mm-hmm. you know i would every every morning while i was at queens you know i'd wake up six o'clock in the morning working out right and i and i used to work i paid for a gym membership because the queens was a little bit too far so i'd wake up early in the morning go work out and then go then go to school go to my classes like everything i did for that you know eight or ten months of of me deciding to go to to play in canada was to get was to go first overall and i put everything i had into it and i think a lot of kids right now like they you know and i think the one thing with youtube and, and all those things is like um you know, you can make yourself feel like you're working or feel like you're doing a lot, mm-hmm. and you're probably and you probably aren't. Like you, you know, you're you're cheating the game. And I think, yeah, like it, it's tough because I don't want to tell kids they're not cheat because you know they don't know what they don't know. But the amount of work that comes into being a draft pick, being a pro, and all those things is like uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I and I probably never even realized it until I was out of until I was out of the league. You know, like how much work I didn't put in even when I was in the league or how much work like uh so I think you got to have somebody in your corner that um that done it that's done it before to kind of show you the ropes too and I think but I think you more than anything you just have to have that determination that goal and you're putting everything you have into into accomplishing that goal Mm kind of my long-winded kind of answer yeah no that (laughs) makes a lot of sense uh what do you what would you say is like the biggest difference between um, just like the day to day from high school to college as an athlete the the well I think just you know college there's a lot more freedom in terms of um just like with classes right you never have to go you know you never really have to study if you don't want to so I think that that there's freedom in that and I think just on the football side of things that's a school part but on the football side of things there's so much structure there's no freedom so yeah. I think you get a lot of freedom outside of outside of football, but in football you get so there's um there's no freedom at all, right? And I think um, I think that was probably the biggest difference. And then um, just like the expectations, like um, you know you never you were never late for a workout, you were never late for a meeting. There was never an excuse why you weren't at something for football. Yeah. Right. And I think um, that was kind of probably the biggest change like it wasn't a hard change for me because that's kind of what I expected when I got a scholarship or when I was when I was on the football team but I think for a lot of kids now you know you come from high school where you can skip practice you know you skip the whole week and then come and play in the game they have a tough time struggling with you got to show up everything be on time be be attentive you know you know be 100% be where your feet are as, as other coaches kind of say and I think um that's probably the biggest change where I think in high school because you were the best player you can slack off and, and and still get away with it. Yeah, you don't even need to know the playbook, really. Yeah, you just the plays before you. Yeah, and then you. But when you go when you go Division One, you're playing a level where people are equal athletes to you. Man, you got to be locked in 100 percent of the time. So that's probably that was probably the biggest change is just how much how locked in you have to be to be good at to be good at football. Yeah. And then uh, the follow up question to that is like, 
you know, you finish your college career. Was it your last year that you won a championship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you go first overall. Um, maybe like a, a little scene summary of draft day for you. Yeah, it's just yeah. draft day for me. I was actually in uh, so I was in Saskatchewan for, for draft okay. day. And I remember just watching it on, like I was in the GM's office. So I was in Brandon Tamman's office. Uh, I think I was, I, I don't think BT was there though. I think, so you uh, already knew. I already knew. I had yeah. already known. They had flew me down. I had already known. And um, man, but you know, just even in that moment, like I said, man, I put in so much work to kind of get there um, that, like, it was just like you know, I don't know, sense of relief or something like that, like where um, where uh, just all my hard work kind of paid off. And it was the same thing that kind of happened to me, just even getting a Division One scholarship. Like, you know, the first time um, it was Coach Browse who gave me my offer, but I remember when he told me, gave me the offer, and it just like that sigh of relief that man, like you know, all that hard work you put in paid off and then even going first overall like man that all that hard work you put in when you dedicated yourself to it um it, it, it kind of paid off and um just that just that sense of relief man just in draft day being in saskatchewan seeing it there i think i have like you know wear my glasses have my nice little try try to buy a suit you know yep. try to take a couple pictures but that gear right it, it was good man it was good i you know it, it's it's something that yeah like you know my son, my son can always grow up, and my daughter can always grow up and be like, "Yeah, my dad was, you know, at one point in his life, he was first overall pick." So that's yep. always cool, man. And then, um, you know, that summer, I guess it's May that you guys go to camp. Mm-hmm. What was that first camp like, man? You know, you know, like, I think you learn like, um, I think you learn quick that like. Football, you know, you don't have to be a good athlete to be a football player in the pros. And, like, you know, you'll meet guys who are old, they're slow, and you feel like you're slow. They're not even half athletic as you. Yeah. But their technique is so flawless. Mm. Right? And I think um, – and th- and then th- that's how they stay in the game. And I think I probably – you know, I don't, I don't think I had the best, you know, CFL career, especially for being the first overall pick. It is what it is. But, um, but I think one of the things that, looking back, like I wish I just kind of – understood and learned more or, or just kind of understood is like how much you have to really work on your craft to be good yeah right and i think um you know sometimes people just think because they're good athletes and i, I thought i was a decent athlete that it would come to you but man like there's so much technique into into being a pass rusher into you know being a linebacker that i never think i i took the time to kind of really learn or understand her and i think for me it was probably i didn't know what i didn't know even though i knew great players in front of me and i would talk to them but i never really truly understood just how good like how much you had to put into your craft to be good at it and yeah uh, that's the one thing i always think i wish i could take back about even my career is just um and that's one thing i try to teach all my players man you got to be technicians to be good at this at this game because as soon as your athleticism dips you know it's guys who have the great technique that are going to be there all, all that going to be there the longest or that can sustain themselves so that and i think that's what i kind of learned even just that first camp, like, man, like, how are these guys even around? But, man, their technique was good. I couldn't beat them, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you had these old, old, old tackles. You know, like, Dan Goodspeed was one of the guys I used to go against all the time. And, like, I couldn't beat him. <laughs> but, then, you know, I remember maybe later on that year, he told me, like, I had a whole book on you. You know, I knew what you were going to do when you're tired. I knew what you were going to try to do, all these stuff. And he had all these pages on me. And I was Student like, of the game. And I was just sitting there like, man, like, that's a lot of work. Like, I don't know why you did all that. Like... 
But but really, I should have been doing the same thing on, on offensive tackles, right? I should have been sitting there studying them, understanding the game, and taking that time to kind of really learn, really really learn, really, really have mastered my craft. And you know, I, I never did it, <laughs> never did it, and that's why I probably didn't have the longest longest career. But yeah. It's, it's it's interesting. Like I, I had a similar experience. Like when I first got to camp, is like that revelation that, you know, and it, it's kind of a, an interesting twist to like the experience you have like in the combine. It's all based on like your athleticism. So like how fast do you run? How how high do you jump? Like what are your special teams like one on ones look like and all these things? And then you get to camp. And it's like none of that shit matters. Yeah, I came yeah. in thinking like every interview I had, they're talking about my forty time, and I don't know if you're fast enough to do this and that. And then I get there and I'm running like conditioning drills, and I'm smoking guys, and they're just chilling, and they're like, "Bro, like we get it, you're fast." And it's like <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna be fast though. Like like they made it seem like you had to be this like next level speed when really exactly what you're saying. It's like it's technique. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing that hit me hard when I got to camp was like my technique got crushed and roasted and all these American DBs and corners looking at you like, oh, here's another Canadian player. It's not about your athleticism. It's about like, you know, at the grassroots, these kids are taught how to backpedal. So it's in their muscle memory from time. And unfortunately, like, you know, the coaching and, and the, the development in the Canadian game has gotten a lot better from like grassroots all the way to college but we're still a little bit behind in terms of how much we focus on like things like technique Mm -hmm. and so that technician thing there's a huge learning curve that way from like coming from the cis into like the pros compared to like you know the ncaa athlete or the you know usfl xfl athlete that comes to cfl they're a little bit more primed for that but it was shocking to to your point to see like the old heads and like guys like Nick Lewis, you know, and their habits like off the field. I'm thinking, okay, we're all pros. Like we have to be clean eating, like going to bed early and doing all these things. And in the first three days, like I'd be like going to bed at like 10. I'm like, fuck, we got to get up at six. But I could still hear the music like in yeah, the house yeah, lounge, yeah. like bumping, like mans are watching like NBA playoffs till 10 p.m. at night. I'm like, bro, this is week three. We've been waking up at 4 a.m. every morning. But yeah, it's just it's it's interesting to know like it really is about technique and and to that point like for the people looking to play pro, if you want to play long, like it's about like learning to master your craft mm-hmm. because when mm-hmm. the speed and the stuff that got you there your your raw athleticism starts to decline, your technique needs to increase to be the same value. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That that's that's <laughs> that's it right there, man. Yeah. And, and you see it even in in other sports too, like in in almost every sport in the pro level. Like I always think of, um, you know, like Kevin Love. Like Kevin Love is like not a good athlete, like not a superior athlete, but I think he can play forever in the NBA. Yeah. Because man, he can box you out, he can rebound, he can shoot. Like, it, it, like a Tim Duncan, right? Like fundamentals and just being good at your craft or good at your technique, that'll take you longer than athleticism will ever take you because you're always going to get older, right? You're, you're you know. You, one thing football is going to take a lot from you. It could take your knee. You, know, you could have come back from ACL, all those things. But if your technique is is on point, you can you can maximize that career for a long time. Yep. And so, you know, after the career, you ended up at Queens for a bit. That's where you started your coaching career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, you're now at UBC. Um, what's like the day-to-day as, you know, 
you know, a coach, let's start with like in season. Like what's the day to day look like for you? Really, man, my my like in season, my day to day is, is always gonna be, you know, I'll come in and check in with Coach Tracy, but but I think for me, like, you know, being a recruiting coordinator and just somebody who's been in recruiting for so long. So like part of my journey too of just how I got a scholarship and how I even got to this point. I used to run camps um across Canada helping kids get scholarships. I used to have um a website that helped kids kinda get get a scholarship so mm-hmm. recruiting has always been my thing so for me it's always like anytime I can I'm probably always messaging recruits somewhere somehow watching some kids highlight film but I think mostly in season there, there's that element of that that's always sprinkled into some of my day um, or, or a lot of my day uh, yeah. but you know it's just checking in with Coach Tracy signing seeing what the game plan is for what we have going on this weekend Coach Tracy does a really good job of like he pretty much sets the whole table for me and I just got to come in and kind of, you know, if I, if he asks for my two cents, I'll give him my two cents and um, just trying to check with him and just trying to make sure that as a game plan, we're solid, you know, it works for, you know, every front that we have works, you know, the coverages that we have, those, those kind of work. And I just, I won't even say I double check his work, but I just kind of just throw my input in on his work. And it's, you know, I think there's a lot of, in coaching, there's a lot of, like, you know, the little tedious activities of, you know, drawing up cards and coming up with plays and, you know, structuring your practice and, and all those little things. But um, that's kind of – my days are kind of mostly like that. And then there's just sprinkled in a whole bunch of, you know, little meetings, talking about recruits, who we need, who's on the roster. And then I think just meeting with some of the guys on the team, yeah. right, who need extra help, you know, who might be um, – need extra help with what's going on in the playbook, might need extra help in life, and just kind of managing your roster there and, and – um, and just going over even last week's practice. So I know that's kind of a mismatch of everything. Yeah. But I wouldn't say my days like um, probably got to get better at. It. But it's not like structured in that sense. There's just an element of all those things that go on within the day yeah. that you try to get through. Decide kind of what the biggest need is and kind of focus on that for yeah. the day. And then in terms of like structure, um, you know, like there's practice, there's meetings, there's um, – warm up and all those things like what's what's the structure for the players like like so yeah so like for for us at ubc will be um you know we'll start we'll start meetings um you know guys guys will have class from about you know eight to two thirty or so um then they'll come in they'll start getting taped um and we'll probably have you know meetings special teams meeting will start about three fifty, mm-hmm. and then we'll have special teams meeting for about 30 minutes or so and then we'll have um you know, a little break, and then we'll have O&D meetings where you'll go into your O&D, and then we may or may not split up into individual groups. And then uh, so we'll have those meetings where we go over the game plan, go over yesterday's practice, make any adjustments we need to do, and then um, well, then we'll head out to the field, right? So we'll be on the field from probably about 5 to about 7, you know, practicing. And then, uh, and then you know, we'll try to get them off the field, at, try to get them off the field by like 7.30 at the latest, right? And I think, well, for us, that would be like, you know, your day one, day two, day three, your three days of preparing. And then so that would be mostly our Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're either traveling. So we're flying to wherever we're going to play play our next game or we're doing a walkthrough. You know, Saturday will be our game day. Sunday we'll come in. Um, we'll be more of kind of a, you know, rundown. We'll have a meeting to kind of go over the film from last week. And then uh, Monday is kind of more of a player's day off. I think this year we kind of had more of kind of like little kind of practices um but typically monday's kind of a day off for our guys and then we'll go back to the next week day one day two day three okay and then um you know off season is recruiting time so that's arguably some of your busiest times of the year looking for new guys um 
you know, obviously based on there's a need like positionally, depending on like what the team finished off with, how many guys are graduating. Um, aside from like the position specific, like what do you look for out of guys when you're looking at guys to come to UBC? Yeah, so I, I look for the, for me, I look for the things that um, that are going to make you a CFL player. So, you know, I look for all those like traits of so what, what I kind of look for. I, I, personally, me, I think for I look for three things. I look for, you know, is he the right athlete for the, for the position that he plays, like the right type of athlete that I want? And then I look, is he I like to call him a lion, like, but I guess the other term is, you know, is he a dog? So whatever position he is, right, is he finishing blocks, finishing runs, you know, runs with authority? Is he, is he that dog? And then I look for are you a football player? And so it's always kind of weird because, you know, it's like you're looking for the guy who's a football player last. And for me, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I trust our coaching staff. I trust um, who we are that we can get you up to speed on how to play football. Yeah. But I think if you're the right athlete and you have the right mentality, I can teach you to play football. Right. And if mm-hmm. if you don't have those first two things, like it doesn't matter if you're good at football for me. So those are as a kind of a broad of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Athlete, dog, football player. If you ain't a dog, we don't want him. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, tell him all the time, man. I say it's a lion or a gazelle, man. I'm looking. I, I, can, I can actually win with the gazelle. I can, You know, you got some speed. I can win with the gazelle. But I'm looking for those lions, those guys who are hungry and want to be the best, right? Guys who have that, that doggy, dog mentality, right? Just they want to kill everything. So that's kind of the players we, we really want in this program, guys who want to compete and be the best they can be. Yep. And uh, what, what does the team look like right now? I think I think we're good, man. I think we're gonna be, man. You know, like I feel like, man, we're 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 on the cusp, right? I think we need a couple more pieces. A couple guys need to grow up a little bit, you know, a little bit more experience. But I think, man, we're close in terms of we got. We just need a couple of pieces to kind of get us over the hump. And I think part of that's gonna come with recruiting. So we're gonna recruit some guys, um, and some of that's gonna come from guys who are just growing up, right? So guys who are who um, maybe played last year, maybe didn't play, but they're going to have a huge off season, and they're just going to keep on working. And, you know, in the season, they're just going to be good for us. So it's going to – it's either you're going to get better or you're going to get left behind, right? So I think um, those pieces are coming in place. I think we have a good little recruiting class coming. Um, we're going to have a good off season with the guys that we already do have. And I think, you know, pieces are gonna, pieces, the pieces are going to be there to, for us to make a nice little run next year. Yep. Cool. Well, I hope the best for you guys. Um, and yourself too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the transfer portal. That's something I don't really understand too much. Like, what is the transfer portal and, like, what goes on in this space? Well, like, the, for the transfer portal in new sports, there's really not no transfer portal for uh, for Canadian, for kids trying to transfer from a different Canadian university. Yeah. Really how it kind of works is a kid reaches out to you that he's looking to transfer. You just got to let the other coaching staff kind of know, let the athletic director know that, hey, this player's looking to transfer. But the NCAA transfer portal, it seems like it's madness, right? So it's it's kind of a tough thing, man. The the crazy thing about the transfer portal in the the States is uh, when you enter the transfer portal, you kind of give up the scholarship you're on, right? That team's not obligated to keep you on scholarship. So, you know, I've seen, you know, a few guys who have, joined the you know got into the transfer portal and now they don't have a there's a lot of guys who now they don't have a place to go because they kind of gave up their scholarship so it's kind of it seems like in the NCAA it's a wild wild west yeah um just going on it's like almost like NFL free agency um and you know it's hurting a lot of the the kids who could have got scholarships because now I can get a guy who's played two years um 
already in the NCAA than instead of getting a high school kid, so you can get kids that are more developed. So I think it's really hurting a lot of Canadians or a lot of on-the-fringe kind of guys. Um, you know, for us at UBC, man, I keep my eye on the transfer portal, right? We, we got a couple Americans on our team, so we're always looking for the best. Mm-hmm. If there's a Canadian kid who hits the transfer portal, you know, you know, I always try to keep tabs on them, see where they're going, and um, if they don't have a place to go, they got a place at UBC, typically. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, do you have a message for, like, that high school player right now that's trying to play, like, you sport football? Yeah, like, uh, I don't know if I, if I really got a message or words of advice. Um, what, what I would always say to, like, high school kids, right? If, if it's something that you want, you know, if it's if it's if it's your dream, um, your 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 goal, your aspiration, you. I guess I do got a message. Yeah. So if it is your dream, your goal, your aspiration, you got to take it. Right. Nobody's gonna give it to you. You got to take it. You got to take it from somebody else. So you line up against somebody. If you want a scholarship, the guy in front of you, he has your scholarship. You got to take it from him. Yeah. Right. You want to be an all star? You got to take it. You want to be a champion? You got to take it. You got to take everything in this world. Don't expect anybody to give you anything. Take everything. Take everything from somebody. Leave them nothing. That's that's the mentality you got to have if you want to be good in this sport. Um, take everything you want. Okay. Just in terms of, like, daily habits for you. So um, it's a question I've been asking a lot of people without being incredibly intrusive like what are some things in your house that you wouldn't find at other people's hmm, in my house jeez well i don't know i got kids now so <laughs> i got i got a ton of uh oh my son he's got a ton of godzillas, godzillas. and so i know i know every probably know every godzilla character from every movie and i probably got every little figurine that's out there cool uh, from from godzilla so that's Kind of what you know, just growing up, and now you have kids, and and their your house ends up being your kids' house. So, right watch now, watch your toes. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of toes. Got to watch and walking downstairs, and now I got a daughter who's running around too. So, so I wouldn't say there's anything super special in my house. Like for me personally, that's different than anybody else. But I'd say my son has a has a good fixation on Godzilla. So I got tons and tons and tons of Godzilla toys in my house. Okay. That's a good like lead up to the next question is, uh, if you could live in any movie, what movie would it be and why? Shoot, that's a good one. That's a good one. Man, that, that's almost like a pre, uh, a pre uh, a check in <laughs> question. Yeah, you, you, you gotta let me know before I think so I can think of my movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's. What movie would I want? Who would I? What character would I? You know. You know. You know what I always respect and love and it's like I know it's going to kind of be the cliche answer but you know you know I can respect Wakanda and living in Wakanda mm. like I could I can respect that you know being T'Challa being a Black Panther being a superhero that would be I think I think uh, I'm a big Marvel person you know, Spider-Man excellence that Black excellence so I can be you know a Spider-Man I can be a, a Black Panther I can be a uh uh is it the Winston Duke character, what's his name? Mbaku. Mbaku. I could be, I could be, I could be a character in there. I can even be a Killmonger. So I think being yeah. a character in there, I think, or just living in Wakanda as a citizen, 
just being a soldier. I yeah. could do that, man. That that would be something that I think would be pretty tight. That's cool. Um, yeah. The the last question is just about like kind of goals. Like what what is something that is on the front of your mind that like you're looking to achieve in the near future? I think just for me, it's, um, you know, I think just being in coaching, um, just being in coaching, and I think uh, just being a coach and just seeing the kids that, you know, that I recruit, you know, the opportunity I get to recruit kids that look like me, uh, give them opportunity just to play university. And I just want to see, like, those kids succeed. So those kids graduate, you know, help those kids win a championship, and those kids be something that they probably never thought they would, they could be. You know, I... I think about just myself, right? Just somebody who just wanted a scholarship, never really thought about what I wanted to do after life. I just kind of wanted a scholarship. And we get a lot of kids who they just want to play football, right? Kind of like me. They don't really know what they want to do outside of life. And I think helping them reach that journey of like now they can figure out they can be whatever they want to be or they can become something. I think even more important than winning a championship, that's kind of something I really kind of cherish. So I'm excited about the next you know, five years for these kids, four or five years, seeing who they can become, mm-hmm. um, seeing, you know, what they can kind of accomplish. You know, a championship will be in there with them, but I think more importantly, just, you know, making them be better men, you know, better husbands, better brothers, you know, just better citizens. I think um, that I think that's kind of what my big goal is, is promote more black excellence. Okay, I got you. Well, man, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming by. Um, go UBC and um, to all like yeah like the young recruits watching this hope you have some new information Uh, we went in depth you know talking about the transfer portal talking about what it takes to get to that next level and the level after that so I think that's super valuable appreciate having you on appreciate man appreciate having me on anytime man you take it easy